Welcome to the Confident Money Podcast, where we talk money, finances, and accounting for real people without all the technical jargon, patronizing, and gatekeeping. I'm your host, Caitlin Magnuson, and I'm going to be your new finance bestie. Okay, so we're going to talk about how not treating your business like a business could be costing you tens of thousands of dollars a year in taxes. So let's talk about what goes wrong, what the opportunity cost is, how the fuck you're even supposed to be treating your business like a business and not a hobby. So what I mean by that is, number one, separating your finances. Whether you are a single member LLC, a sole proprietor, a freelancer, I don't care. If you are making money from a business that is not a day job, a paycheck, you know, something that you're getting paid by an employer, you should be running that money through a separate account. Now, it doesn't have to be a business account, but it needs to be an account that is dedicated to business income and expenses. So a lot of my clients will use like a personal checking account that they have that's laying around that they're not using for anything else. They might open a brand new one, like Capital One has free checking accounts, lots of banks do. So whatever you can use, whatever works, separate it. Why do you need to separate it? Well, number one, if you're a single member LLC, there is a really common misconception that if you set up an LLC, like it's limited liability company, your liability is limited, right? You're protected. That's not true. You lose a lot of the protection if you do not treat your business like it is separate from your personal and not an extension of yourself. One of the primary ways that you can do that is by keeping your business finances separate from your personal finances, like having a separate LLC checking account that you run everything through because this is what's known as piercing the corporate veil. And this is part of that like jargon that I mentioned. So we're going to break down some of this jargon. So what does piercing the corporate veil actually mean? It means that if you have a bubble or an umbrella around your business that keeps it separate from you as a person, right? Piercing that would mean popping it, breaking it, That's what happens when you commingle or mix personal with business. So let's give a real world example of this. Let's say you go to Target, right? And you've listened, you've taken all the advice from here. You have a separate checking account set up for your LLC. You know, maybe it's Sarah's Design Agency, LLC, right? You've set up a business account in that business's name with that business's EIN. You go to Target. You need to go get something. You forgot your personal card. You use your business card for a personal purchase. Maybe it's groceries or Starbucks or, you know, something for the house, right? That right there is an example of piercing the corporate veil. It's a less severe example because like, let's say that happens, you know, once or twice a year, you fuck up and forget your card. Generally, not going to undo all of the protection that comes from the LLC. However, let's say you're an LLC. You don't separate your finances for your business and your personal, or you have a business account, but you basically just treat it as an extension of your personal account, right? You're withdrawing money from there. You're doing Amazon purchases that are personal. Like you are just treating it like another one of your accounts, not like a business account. And you're not dedicating it to business use. 
That is a major mistake that I see a lot of business owners making, and that is piercing the corporate veil. And what that does is it actually basically makes your LLC almost completely irrelevant. Like if you're not going to take the time to separate your finances and open a dedicated business account, then you might as well not have an LLC. You might as well be a sole proprietor with a solid set of contracts. So number one, the protection aspect is why you should have separate finances for your business and your personal. One little caveat there, that does not mean that you can't pay yourself personally. It means that everything in your business account is business income and business expenses. Everything in your personal account is personal income, personal expenses. You could still do a transfer or write a check from your business to your personal to pay yourself money, right? Because we're in business to make money. That does not count as piercing the corporate veil. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe and join our community at confidentmoneypodcast.com where we share resources and all of the money happenings. Plus, you can send feedback and suggestions for what you'd like to see covered in future episodes. That's confidentmoneypodcast.com. Okay, back to the show. What counts as piercing the corporate veil is commingling, mixing your finances, and using your business bank account like it's an extension of yourself. So the other major thing, and this is what can literally end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars and so many hours of time is if you do not keep your business finances separate from your personal finances, you can be missing out on tax deductions. You may not know your profitability during the year, right? Because, Hey, there's money in the account, but like, how much money am I actually making? How profitable am I? What did I actually spend on subcontractors or office expenses or computer stuff? You won't necessarily know if you've got it all mixed in, right? So that's treating your business like a hobby, treating your business like a business, running those transactions through that separate or dedicated business or personal checking account. That lets you at any time pull all the transactions from that account and immediately see what you've brought in for income, what you've sent out for expenses, and lets you see where you're at. Additionally, you're not going to wonder if you were missing things that you should be taking as tax deductions at the end of the year. I have had clients in the past that have had business transactions spread out across 10 or 12 different accounts between savings accounts, checking accounts, credit cards, PayPal. And at the end of the year, not only are they scrambling to go through every single one of those accounts and try and highlight all of the business transactions, but if they don't have receipts for things like Target, how are we to know that it's business or personal? They don't remember because it's a year, sometimes even 16 months ago, if you're doing your taxes in April of the following year. So you're most likely missing out on tons of deductions that could be lowering your tax bill. And you're also not able to make financial decisions from an educated place, from an empowered place, because you don't have a real grasp on your profitability. So if you're wanting to go full-time, if you're wanting this business to grow, if you're wanting your taxes to be so much less stressful, because I can tell you, if you have a couple of business accounts, like a checking, a savings, and a credit card that you run everything through, it is going to be like night and day when you go from one tax year of having things mixed to the next tax year of having everything separated out. Because all you need to do is pull reports from those accounts, even if you don't have bookkeeping set up, you know, if you want to do this like as bootstrapped as possible, running things through a separate account will make 
such a massive difference. And we're all about confidence, right? Confidence around your money, confidence in your business. How are you supposed to know what you should be doing, what you should be growing, what services are profitable? Because I cannot tell you the number of times that I've worked with clients and they're like, oh, you know, I really, I think I'm going to get rid of XYZ product or XYZ service. I just feel like it's stale or I'm not excited about it. And that's, that's all well and good. Right. But I had a client who sold swimwear. She had told me, you know, Caitlin, I really want to get rid of the style. I've had it forever. I just, I feel like it's overdone. I said, okay, great. Well, let's go look at the numbers first. We were just getting started and she hadn't been tracking this in years past. Wouldn't you know that swimsuit sold? It was her number one seller year over year. So she sold the most of it. It was her cheapest to manufacture because she sold the most of it. So she had a better price on it and she was able to buy more of her fabric in bulk, which meant she had a better price, which meant her profit margin was the highest, which when we looked at everything, she was making the bulk of her money on that one particular style that she was going to get rid of if we had not had the numbers to back that up. So where in your business are you making decisions that are not actually aligned or supported by the numbers? In our service-based business, I am always tracking where our sales are coming from. You know, what type are they? Are they group programs? Are they courses? Are they one-on-one? Are they taxes so that we can measure the amount of effort and time that we as a team are putting into those services and what our return on investment is, you know, what's most profitable for us, where should we be focusing? Because that's very much the Pareto's principle, which is the 80, 20 rule. If you know what that is. So 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. And that swimsuit case that I just gave you 80% of the results came from 20% of her efforts. Think about that product that she was going to get rid of. All of her other products had smaller profit margins. So instead, she got rid of a couple of other lines that weren't selling as well, that cost more to make, that we didn't do as much volume in. And she rolled out that top seller in some additional colors to keep it fresh. And it continued to be a bestseller. So don't fool yourself or allow yourself to be fooled because you don't have your numbers up to date to be able to back up your gut feelings or your hunches. That is the whole point of doing this is running your business. Like a business means you're making empowered, confident decisions that, you know, at the end of the day, you feel good about. If you have a team, your team feels good about your clients are excited because at the end of the day, if your clients aren't buying what you're selling, like why, why would you be doing this? And you're able to move forward with a clear direction in your life, in your business and make changes. We do that every single quarter in our business. We sit down, where are we putting effort? Where is that effort going further? Where is that effort falling short? Is it something we actually give a shit about? You know, is it taxes? Taxes are one of our least profitable things, right? But for a lot of our clients, we include taxes because that makes the client experience much easier and it keeps our clients happy, right? We like where our big value is, is in a lot of our other programs, packages and services, but we keep taxes knowing that it's not a big moneymaker because it's a client retention tool. However, 
we assess, like I said, every quarter, are we going to keep doing X, Y, Z? Is this making the money for the amount of effort that we're putting in? Are we excited about this offering? If we're not excited about it and it's not a moneymaker, it gets dropped. If we're excited about it and it's not a moneymaker, we assess if it's worth giving it a try for another quarter. How could we be doing this differently? How could it be taking less time? And if we're excited about it and it's a moneymaker, how can we be focusing more of our efforts on this? Where can we be doubling down to make this 20% go further? And where does this need to be changed, tweaked, manipulated so that it's a better service offering? Is it as lean and tight of a package as we want it to be? And as our clients are looking for, we solicit client feedback. We solicit team feedback. Where is this working? Where is this not? Where are there breakdowns? And where can our systems be better? None of that would be possible if we didn't have all of the financial records that we keep separately from all of this. So where can you be doing more without taking more time? Where can you be registering your business, whether it's a single member LLC, whether it's a sole proprietor, whether it's an S corp, setting up that dedicated business bank account. Like I said, at a bare minimum, you should have a checking account that is for all of your business transactions, no matter what type of business you are. Everything goes through there. Income, expenses. And that is so that you don't miss out on tax deductions. You don't have to spend freaking hours during tax season going through and trying to find them. So that if you are an LLC, it is keeping that corporate veil intact and it is protecting your personal assets from legal issues in the business side of things. And so that you understand your profits, your numbers, and you are able to make clear, confident, concise decisions for what direction to move your business in, how to make changes, how to implement changes, and how to change your service or product offerings accordingly. If you loved this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review for a chance to win a free financial strategy session with yours truly, Caitlin Magnuson. We do the drawing the first week of every month, and to be eligible, you'll want to leave a five-star review and include your IG handle so we can contact the winner. I'll see you next time where we'll chat real finances for real people.